I am Mitch Album, the host of Tuesday People Podcast, which is the podcast that you're listening to, and we're so glad to have you joining us on this Thanksgiving week. This podcast is inspired by the book Tuesdays with Maury, which I wrote 25 years plus now ago when I sat alongside my old college professor's bed as he was dying from Lou Gehrig's disease. And he taught me lessons that still hold up, lessons that I share with the world in Tuesdays with Maury, and lessons that I'm finding that people are still talking about and still wanting to share and discuss all these years later. Some things are just universal and timeless. You could say the same thing about Thanksgiving, although this week it feels that Thanksgiving's time has come to a temporary halt as we are dealing with what to me is the biggest blow of the coronavirus in terms of how we are socially moving about one another. Obviously, if someone in your family, as has happened with mine, has had it very seriously or even died from it, that supersedes everything. But in terms of how we are moving as a culture and how we're moving as a people, the absence of Thanksgiving feels like the single biggest blow of this whole pandemic in terms of American lifestyle. And we're going to talk about that and how you get by without Thanksgiving while still retaining the attitude of Thanksgiving in today's program. Alongside, as always, is Lisa Goitsch, my friend and producer of Tuesday People. Hi, Lisa. Hello, Mitch. This is, uh, so I want to say that I am mourning this holiday maybe even more than most. Uh, I, I know a lot of people enjoy Thanksgiving, uh, for us, it is it is a religion. Thanksgiving, more than any other holiday, including Christmas, Hanukkah, uh, you know, Fourth of July, Labor Day, Memorial Day, Easter, any any of them, has always been in my family the single biggest holiday. It goes back. I I cannot remember literally a year in my life where we did not have a massive Thanksgiving from the time I was a child. Uh, my first earliest memories of the family gathering were all at the Thanksgiving table. And I don't think we ever had fewer than 30 people and upwards of uh, towards the years when we had it at our house and we had more babies being born and all that, 50, 55. I think one year we might have hit 60. And not only did they come for Thanksgiving, but they would come starting on Tuesday of Thanksgiving week, because my family is scattered kind of all over the place. And in fact, some, mm-hmm. some years my family was overseas. Uh, and they would come in as early as Tuesday and they would stay till Sunday. And we had a whole routine worked out. Uh, from, from Tuesday night, it was sort of a soft gathering, a soft open, if you will. <laughs> uh, on Wednesday, people started coming in to do cooking because it was the day before. When you have that many people, you got to do some cooking the day before, right? On Wednesday night, we always went to this restaurant that was two miles from our house, and they cleared out. They had like this separate room, a garden room, and then they would put tables in there, and then they would extend the tables out, out, out until they eventually went out the door of this garden room and down the long hallway. And and so literally, you couldn't even get into the room because the tables were sticking out, and we'd have a good 60-plus people that would come for that. Jeez. And, and we would we would always order the similar things, and they had this great dessert called tofuti pie that was made out of 
tofuti and and it had uh, carob sauce on top and graham cracker crust and everybody would have a piece you know like 60 pieces they have to make like a dozen of these pies before we got there and it was the same year after year after year then came thursday the actual thanksgiving day day and people would start arriving very early to cook the food i have certain cousins that are turkey people and certain ones that are stuffing people and certain ones that are the vegetable people and they would come and take over i can't cook to save my life and i just get out of the way and my wife would join in with them and handle everything. And then the people would start slowly rolling in, 10, 11 o'clock. We'd set up like a lunch kind of thing, you know, nothing too big because you didn't want to ruin your dinner. And then the Lions game would come on at noon. We'd watch the Lions game, invariably throw things at the television set. Uh, because we live here in Detroit, the Lions are on every year on Thanksgiving. And then when that was over, there'd be another football game. More, more people would come, more people gathering. Somewhere around 7 o'clock, we would actually sit down. Um, my wife and I would always make a sort of greeting and a, a prayer and, and who we, you know, why we were so grateful to be gathering. And then we'd have this meal, which just would be endless. And after the meal was endless and everybody walked around this big island and everybody got their food and all sat back down and hours of eating, then we would do the desserts. And the desserts we did better than anybody. We had at least, and I'm not exaggerating, Lisa, at least... 20 to 25 different kinds of desserts. I'm counting the different kinds of pies, the different kinds of ice creams, the different kinds of whatever somebody would bring in some specialty. Cookies. Yeah, cookies and chocolates and, 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 uh, and, and pans of fruit. And then my wife would always make this incredible thing that we called trailer park tiramisu for want of a better name for it. But it was basically like chocolate chip cookies and cool whip, uh, with a little other stuff Yum. in there. And that it was delicious. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, layers of it and people would scoop it and everybody loved that. And we would just, we'd stay. People wouldn't go home until like two o'clock in the morning. On Friday morning, we would take all of the kids to a mall. And they would all get to buy one little present because a lot of them we weren't going to see for the Christmas holidays or Hanukkah or anything like that. And so we took them to the mall and they could get one toy or whatever it was a piece. And I would lead that charge. That was my responsibility. I was like the Pied Piper. I'd take 15, 20, 25 kids to the mall. We'd go do that and we'd stay there all day, even though it was the worst day on earth to go to a mall. It was fun to be amongst all those people, you know? Uh, And then on Friday afternoon, we would rent out a little movie theater. Uh, I know that sounds strange, but there's a movie theater near us where where they have like 10 theaters. And they would let us have the smallest one, and we would rent it out, and they would – we would fill it up. We'd have so many people. We'd we'd fill it up, and we'd all watch a movie. And then we'd come back to the house, and we'd have – leftovers from the night before and a second version of Thanksgiving dinner. And then Saturday we would go places and take trips or whatever and eat more leftovers and sometimes go get pizza or things like that. And then on Sunday, everybody went home. So this was a massive tradition. Yeah. And it went on forever. I remember when I was, I had just turned, I want to say maybe 30, uh, was I? No. Wait a minute. How old am I? Yeah, that would have been 30. Would have been, yeah, so I was about 31, 32 when I bought my house that I'm in now. And my mother said to me, it's time for you to take over Thanksgiving because we always did it at their house. <laughs> right. And uh-huh. ever since then, I think that was 1991, we have hosted Thanksgiving. We've hosted it through the loss of my uncles and my aunts who used to come. We've hosted it through the loss of grandparents. We've hosted it through the loss of my parents. Uh, until my mother and, and father could no longer attend. My mother died first, and then my father. And and the tradition goes on. 
Uh, we've hosted it through new babies, through some divorces, uh, through some new husbands and wives. But we've hosted it through all of that. And we always celebrated it as the most important holiday because it celebrated what is the most important thing to us, and that is family and relationships, not presents, not religious historical significance or whatever, even though those things are important, family and relationships. And so when this year came around and we were to lose Thanksgiving, you know, we got everybody all kind of gathered on the different emails and, you know, Skypes and Zooms and all that. And we said, what are we going to do? And the consensus was because one of my relatives, uh, my aunt, uh, got COVID extremely seriously and was in the hospital for months and was on a respirator for 18 days, a ventilator for 18 days. And there were many days that we didn't know if she was going to make it. I think that hung over our family and it was collectively decided we just can't do it. We all have to come in from all these other places and airplanes. and, And so we are having essentially nothing. It's my wife and me, a couple of people who are here with us already. Um, and that's it. And what that will feel like on this Thursday, I have no idea. It will be so strange. So I have been struggling greatly with feeling like I'm letting down the tradition of my family, feeling like if my parents were still alive, they'd be saying to me, you're really going to let Thanksgiving go? Uh, I, don't know what, I think they'd I don't, understand. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they would do. My my mother was pretty pretty bullheaded. She might have just plowed on and said, "Oh, I don't, I I don't care." Uh, but we made this decision, and now we have to live with it. And so I've been struggling with, well, what is there to maintain of this holiday? What can be salvaged of this holiday? And what I concluded was, what can be salvaged from this holiday? is actually very much what the holiday was always about. And the things that we're losing are not as great as we thought. And what do I mean by that? The essence of the holiday is gratitude. The feeling that I always had during Thanksgiving, the great feeling, outside of feeling stuffed when you had enough food in you, was to sit back and look around and to see all of my family members and loved ones and friends, sometimes the kids from Haiti would be up. Um, they were up visiting for medical reasons or whatever, and they were around the table. And I just would look around. There'd be a moment, Lisa, where I just would look around the table and see all these people, hear all the noise. There'd be like music playing from a stereo with the television playing, with someone else playing a video. <laughs> it's like a, It was this cacophony of noise. And of course, a million people talking, everybody eating, laughing, smiling, people haven't seen each other for a year. And I would get this enormous, like warm feeling of contentment. Mm -hmm. And I would translate it as gratitude. I would feel like, thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, universe. Thank you, all the things that have led up in my life that I could afford to do this, uh, was healthy enough to do this, was married to a great woman who was as open to doing this as 
I wanted to be because, you know, sometimes one partner isn't so crazy about having everybody over for Thanksgiving, you know, and you can lose your traditions that way. But she embraced it the same way I did. Just grateful that everybody was there. Whoever was alive was alive. And we were there and we were there together. And I realized that you don't have to lose that gratitude just because you're not actually having Thanksgiving. Because the blessings are still the same. I still have this home that's capable of of hosting Thanksgiving, and we'll do it again next year, hook or crook. I still have the same wife who is open to it and feels as heartbroken about losing it as I do, and she'll be here, God willing, next year when we do it again. I still have the family and the friends who are all saddened that they can't be here this year. All that was taken away was the theater for the play, not Mm -hmm. the play itself, not the characters, not the storyline, not the plot, just the theater. They locked us out of the theater. And no show tonight, folks. We'll come back tomorrow. (laughs) We'll do another show. So that's the first thing that I would suggest to people is if Thanksgiving for you was about feeling grateful, you don't have to lose that feeling of gratitude. You can still be grateful for all the things that you have, including the fact that hopefully maybe your family members have not contracted COVID. Maybe they haven't been touched by it. Maybe you haven't lost anybody. A quarter of a million Americans have. Mm -hmm. So even to just be spared from that is a reason to be grateful that you didn't have the year before. Right? You didn't think about losing yeah. somebody to a, a virus. We always worried about no. cancer and, you know, these debilitating things, a sudden heart attack, but no one ever worried about what appeared to be a flu suddenly killing people. Right? Last Thanksgiving, nobody would have ever dreamt that this year would have been the way it was. There's no way anybody would have seen this coming. No, no. So you have to be grateful if you've been spared that for that. And I think it just speaks to a sort of an attitude of gratitude, which is the name of this week's segment. It's not original. There's You can find that all over the place. But it's weird to find two words that rhyme so well, an attitude of gratitude. Uh, and it struck me that when I thought about Maury, he talked a lot about gratitude as well. Now, here was a man who was dying Our last visit was in November, just a few weeks before Thanksgiving. But for Maury, he had sort of his own little Thanksgivings all the time because people would come and visit him. And there didn't have to be turkey. There didn't have to be cranberries or stuffing. But it still was filled with giving of thanks. Listen to what he said to me, this was in late August of 1995. Well, find meaning in your present moment. As I said before, do the kinds of things that come from the heart. An open, giving, loving heart. When you do that, you're not dissatisfied. You're overwhelmed with gratitude, which is what I find now. You come in, Paul comes in, you know, Debbie's going to come later on in the day. They're just filling me up. So you do that by 
having those kinds of relationships and making them the important source of your life. Not the only thing, but you make sure that they're there. And if you, you do, you will have to be looking back and saying, oh, if I only were 20. So do you see there's a very important message in that? He says you make those kinds of relationships that he was talking about with me and with Paul and with Debbie, friendships, loving relationships, family relationships. And when you do that and you have those kinds of relationships and they are the important source of your life, as he said, then you're overwhelmed with gratitude when they come back to you. And they do come back to you, just as children come back to you in your times of need. Your friends come back to you in your times of need. This is an attitude of gratitude. And you can have that for this Thanksgiving, even if you can't have Thanksgiving. Have you made relationships in your life, friendships, family, loving relationships that you know are there, And have you made them important? And if you ask yourself, if something happened to me, would those people be there for me? Is the answer yes for you, Lisa? Yes, definitely. Well, then you you have something, then you have something to be grateful for, even though they're not there. You have something to be grateful for. You went through a little health thing a little earlier this year. Were your friends there for you? Were your family members there for you? As much as anybody could be this year, right? Right, Because even with my health thing, even though it wasn't contagious, nobody could become around me. So, but people, you know, texted. But they called, they wrote, they they checked on me. They zoomed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thankful I'm here because I really, I didn't think it was going to happen. I was kind of touch and go there for a while. Really? So, well, that's the uh, ultimate gratitude. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thankful I'm here. And I think I really appreciate life more now. Well, that mm-hmm. and the show. The show helps me appreciate things more because we talk about it so often on right. the show. Right. You know, the subject, you know, in different aspects of it. Right. And so I've really, I've really changed a lot this year, I think. You know. Well, you didn't have to change. You were quite good the way you were, but. <laughs> well, I'm saying I've changed my, you know, viewpoint, my attitude. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, you know, for, for one, our Thanksgiving here, you know, I've been away from my family here in California for a long time. My family's mm-hmm. back in Michigan for the most part. Right. We have some in Reno, some in San Francisco, Colorado. So everybody's kind of spread out. So since moving here, I don't often get home for Thanksgiving. So we always have Friendsgivings, you know, where we have with neighbors or whatever. My neighbor who used to host us every year died a couple of years ago. So it's just kind of been my husband and I. So this year won't be much different, except for Mm. I really bought a lot of food. (laughs) So we're going to be eating. I don't know if I should start like now and go through Thanksgiving or if Thanksgiving really should be the start of it and then keep going. Uh, (laughs) That's that's my biggest I think the healthiest thing is that Thanksgiving (laughs) is the start of it and the end of it. Not not like, how do I add on another four days front (laughs) or back? That's not generally what Thanksgiving is supposed to be. But I know, but I've I should talk. Uh, ours are ours are four or five days long normally too, and now we're yeah. just going to be, uh, you know, the Thanksgiving meal. I went to yours it. once. I, I came to yours once. Oh, I, I was well, there, there one know. year when I was working back with you on the radio right. show. So you witnessed and the craziness. It was a very big thing. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. it was super fun. And you know, I went to school with Mitch's 
sister, wife's sister. Yeah. yeah. Sister-in-law. So we Which means you're in. We have very loose standards for Thanksgiving. You're in. Close enough. <laughs> Family! Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I knew her since she was a little girl, and it's so weird. Yeah. Well, we, that was part of the fun of, um, you know, the Thanksgiving tradition was opening the door and having people come in. And everyone was always so overwhelmed, especially when we put the desserts out. Like, you guys do this every year? I'm coming back. You know? And we would have some people would just come for dessert. They would just drop in, you know, after some friends of mine, Later. after they did their Thanksgivings. And they'd come to our house for the for the dessert part, which was fine because we always did it late and they came by. But so if you have those people still in your life, then you have something to be grateful for. And... I just played you a cut of Maury feeling overwhelmed with gratitude of the people who came back to visit with him in his time of need. Now, here's another thing he told me a, a couple of weeks later about gratitude that came from the people who came to visit him, not him being grateful that people were coming to visit him when he died, people who were grateful that in his dying— he was taking time for them. Listen. Well, that's true. I think it's intensified over the year. Everybody tells me how grateful they are for teaching them how to die. That's strange, but it's very, very, very insightful because everybody's scared. And what they're learning is not to be so afraid. I thought I'm teaching him how to die. I don't know how to die. I'm teaching him he don't have to be so scared. So isn't that interesting? Here is yeah. a dying man receiving gratitude for the way that he's choosing to die and being open about it and speaking to people about it and taking away some of their fear. A different form of gratitude. So even, and, and I have to say that I had Maury in my life when he was perfectly healthy. He was my college professor for four years. He was spry, full of life, joyous, wise, always had time for me. But I have to say I was more grateful for the time that he gave me when he was dying than all those four years that he gave me when he was alive. And the wisdom that he shared with me, because he was looking death in the face and he was able to say, okay, not only am I going to look death in the face and find a way to deal with it for myself, I'm going to share my courage, my journey, my fears, my conquests. I'm going to share that with somebody else. And that's such a rare thing. So many people, when they are sick or dying, they, they go into a shell. They turtle up. They don't mm -hmm. really want anybody around. They don't want people to see them when they're weakened. They don't want to have people feel sorry for them. They don't want to complain around them. Or sometimes they just don't want people around because it's, they're just, it's hard enough to fight the disease that they're fighting, and they don't want to have to give mm -hmm. of anything of themselves to somebody else. They don't even want to have to pay attention to somebody else talking in the room. They just want to focus on their own struggle. Maury was willing to take on this terrible struggle with this terrible disease and want people to come in and share it 
and want to share what he was going through. And people were so grateful for that, that he chose to be a teacher in his dying days. So who would have thought that there would be all this gratitude coming the way of a dying old man? But right. there was. There was another form of gratitude. And you probably learned more from him during that short time than you did in all of those four years, I bet. That's right. That's right. I did. You know, There's no about question. life, about yourself, about everything. There's no question. Now, another thing that can make you feel Thanksgiving-y <laughs> without actually having Thanksgiving is to find people in your community who can use your help and give it to them. Mm -hmm. Give it to them. Because here's the thing about gratitude. It is a self-duplicating emotion. What do I mean by that? When someone is grateful to you and makes you feel like you have done something worthwhile for them, you feel a sense of gratitude for that. You might not mm -hmm. call it gratitude, but the warm fuzzies that you get when someone pulls you aside and says, thank you, thank you mm -hmm. for helping me, those little warm and fuzzies, that is gratitude. That is appreciation of how they have made you feel about yourself that maybe while you were doing the actions, you didn't necessarily see it that way. So I remember asking Maury once, you know, how can people get that feeling of being fulfilled and therefore a sense of gratitude towards the gratitude that comes from others? And very quickly, he came up with a suggestion. There's a Newton Senior Center. Dozens and dozens of people come there. If you're a young man or a middle-aged man and you have some skill or something, like you're good at computers, there's somebody who comes there, teach them the computers. Mm -hmm. They're very grateful. That's how you start to get respect. Mm -hmm. You offer something that you have. Mm -hmm. and somebody comes in and takes it, mm -hmm. and they're grateful. So that's something that people can do all the time. I always say for people, just uh, I love to get involved with something helpful, something, but I can never find the right organization. It doesn't seem to be much about around me. Where could I go? And I always say, is there a senior center around you? Is there an assisted living center around you? Which, of course, there is around everybody. That's all you need. Yep. You can start there. Now, obviously, COVID has its own set of rules, but we're having a discussion here that hopefully will be listened to for many months long after COVID has, has lost its sting. But there are senior centers and assisted living centers that would love to have people just come by and play piano, sing, yes. do a magic show, run a video, uh, read uh, to them, or just come and sit and talk and listen to what they have to say. Yeah. When I wasn't working so much, I used to go volunteer at an assisted living place or independent living, I guess. It's a little bit of both. And I used to run the happy hours on Fridays. And um, it was really fun. You know, everybody would come down for their cocktails and popcorn and cookies. And it was super fun. And then yeah. I would help out with the uh, holiday parties, like Halloween. They'd have right. a big Halloween contest. It was really a great thing to do. I highly recommend it. And it's so simple. Any senior center will welcome you. So you will feel the gratitude and you will be grateful for 
that sensation of being appreciated. And finally, towards the end of Maury's time with me, we talked about how he had reached so many people around the world through the Nightline broadcast. Now, he had no idea that a book was coming. As I've said many times, Maury Schwartz never read a single word of Tuesdays with Maury. He just was the essence of it. He taught it, but he never saw the syllabus published. Mm -hmm. But he did know that these TV shows had reached people. And he spoke to me towards the end of his life about his gratitude towards having a platform that enabled him to reach people with this important message. I know I've touched a lot of people. Now, how long-lasting it is, who knows? The fact of the matter is that I felt real grateful for the opportunity to do this. I felt grateful to the fact that I could do it so articulately and with a lot of humanity. I've gotten a lot of reports from friends of friends of friends, sort of out in circles, like Bertha walked in to a little grocery store, a small town up in New Hampshire. Two people are talking. They're talking about me. They saw the show. So when you hear that, you think, wow. So the line in the Globe that I think I told you, when they asked me what do I want in my obituary, teacher to the end. Mm -hmm. Teacher to the end. He was grateful to have students. I was grateful to have him as a teacher. We should all be grateful to have students and people who listen to us. We should all be grateful for our teachers. And even in a year where they take away the ritual, they take away the tradition, they take away the large gatherings, the big dollops of food, the heartburn, even when they take away all the things that we affiliate with the holiday as for the trimmings, the essence of it is still there in your heart. Gratitude. Have an attitude of gratitude. It will make you feel so much better about life. There's a reason that many prayers fall into two categories. One is, please God help me, ta-ta-ta. The other is, Dear God, thank you for da-da-da. The ones that begin with, dear God, thank you for, are the ones that when you're finished, you somehow feel a little bit more at ease. Which is interesting because you're not asking for anything. The ones that you're asking for something, you still feel a little bit ill at ease because you don't know if you're going to get it. But the ones where you say, thank you for the things that I have, you're not seeking anything. You're already full of the attitude that rewards itself. You are expressing gratitude. You're taking an attitude of gratitude, and it is like circulating out, out of your mouth, back into your ears and to your heart. And that's why when you thank God or whoever you pray to for the things that you have, you tend to feel better, even better than when you did when you were motivated to say it because you have expressed mm -hmm. gratitude. That's the beauty of this emotion. So don't let it be lost just because there aren't as many plates at the table or not as much noise or not as much cleanup. 
we can all still maintain a Thanksgiving attitude through this very strange Thanksgiving. Be grateful, express your gratitude, and be hopeful that next year we're back doing it all over again. I know that's the attitude I'm taking in, and I hope that that helps you with your Thanksgiving. So by the time we gather again, Thanksgiving will be over, and then we'll have to do something about how we're going to do Christmas. (laughs) But uh, that might be a show (laughs) a few more weeks away. Uh, But until then, uh, please, if you're enjoying this podcast, know that you can find out more about it at wetuesdaypeople.com on the web. You can tell your friends about it as well. You can listen to all the past episodes that we've recorded. Uh, We're now more than a year strong, and there's many of them to listen to on all different topics that Maury and I discussed. And you can leave messages there, talk about our chat rooms, and find out even more about the world of We Tuesday People. Again, wetuesdaypeople.com. So, until We Tuesday People gather again, on behalf of Lisa Goich, who I wish a very happy Thanksgiving, Lisa, to you. And to you, too. Mitch and and family. And to everybody who is listening to us, a very happy Thanksgiving, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Tuesday People. To be part of our conversation, join the Tuesday People community at wetuesdaypeople.com. Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. We look forward to having you with us every Tuesday because, after all, we're Tuesday People.